In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 22 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams, to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. In this episode, we are going In the Pits with Christian Woodmansey. He's a player for NRG Elite. Christian, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? Dude, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, we were just talking right before we started the show just about kind of our experiences at World Cup. Uh, you know, despite everything that went on, it was it was great to see that the event still happened. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it was pivotal. I know it was the uh, biggest World Cup in, in World Cup so far. So um, it's nice that uh, with the weather, we still were able to make it to make it happen. It was cool to see Ollie out there. It was cool to see a lot of things take place. So I'm really happy that it, it didn't get postponed or canceled. So um, it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I know like a lot of people love to complain, especially in the scene, you know, the, especially in paintball, everyone loves to complain, but uh, even with the changes that they did have to end up making, like the pros going to three matches, uh, D3 through D5, having to go to race to format instead of mercy and game starting at 645 AM. Like even with all of those changes, like I, I still think they put on a pretty good event. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think uh, the vibe there was really nice, you know, on Friday and Saturday, everybody seemed like they were in high spirits. Um, I didn't really hear too many people uh, upset about the event. There wasn't enough parking. You know, it was good problems. But um, I think it's great for the sport. It's nice that it's growing. It's nice that, you know, it can endure, um, you know, some type of random weather thing happening. We still can pull it off. So it's really, really awesome. It's, it's nice to see where paintball uh, is going. I mean, back in the day, it was obviously past events. It was absolutely awful. So, um, but it was, um, yeah, it was great. And I'm, I'm really, really, really happy for the paintball community that we were able to make it happen. Absolutely. Uh, everybody came together. Community was great. I uh, just had a good time overall. So uh, Christian, let's get into this. Uh, so for those listening, maybe they don't know about you. I mean, especially like my audience, it's just primarily a Texas based audience. Uh, you know, let's let's uh, learn about yourself. So how long have you been involved in the tournament paintball scene? Um, yeah, so I played tournament paintball probably for like eight or nine years over a decade ago when I was younger, I stopped playing when I was around like, uh, like 21. 
And um, I started to pursue the career that I currently have. Um, I was playing in the MPPL a lot. And we also played in the PSP back then. Um, so I was playing, when I stopped, we were playing D1 for MPPL and we were playing uh, Open for PSP. Um, but yeah, I took off like a decade and I basically did what I do now. And then um, I was basically transitioning back into retiring from competing and fighting professionally. So I wanted to do something else that was competitively driven and I always loved paintball. So I wanted to come back to it. And I've been playing now again, tournament paintball, uh, since right before COVID the last event for COVID in Vegas. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, in terms of accumulative, it's been a decent amount of time that I've been playing paintball. I've always loved it. Um, but it's nice to get back to it. Well, man, like, I mean, we were saying also before the show, like, you know, there's the saying that no one ever truly quits paintball. They just take a break for a little while. I mean, it's true for yourself. It's true for Oliver Lang, true for a lot of guys coming back. And it's just, it's great to see all these faces again. Yeah, it really is nice, you know, and I think paintball definitely, um, in terms of, I, I would say the standard has changed. Like, you know, it's definitely becoming, you see guys like mouse, you see, you see these guys that are coming from semi-pro and coming up that are athletic, they're young. And, you know, it's a, there's, there's these old guys that are still in it, which is still nice, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, paintball, I think, is a forever thing. It's a lifestyle. You know, it's it's a lifelong commitment. And I think you can you can always then do the ICPLs and do the 10-mans, which is really cool, you know. Um, but uh, it's still nice to be able to to uh, work hard and uh, attempt to and create the standard of, of being able to still play at a high level uh, uh, in terms of, like, for the NXL. So um, it's nice to see Ali going out there and doing that, you know. It's nice to be able to see that take place, like, not only as a bystander, but also as another pro, being like, wow, like, he can do that, you know. Um, but for myself, I guess it's really cool. It's been it's been a very enlightening journey. It's been uh, it's been nice to kind of get back into a, a learning type of environment and growing. And um, it's something that I really really enjoy. And um, I'm really looking forward to continue to doing it. Yeah, for sure. I uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you kind of continue your journey in the pro scene. So, um, so Christian, what teams have you played for over the years? Um, so way back in the day, I, I played for like, um, a team primarily called like East coast underground. It was ECU. It's also Crims underground. And then, um, I started to play more with like the, like the, the smaller, like Arsenal franchise. So like I would go to like the PSPs with like the, the Arsenal kids and Arsenal evolution. Um, I then stopped playing at that point in time. I mean, since I came back, I played semi pro, um, for basically like a Rebo feeder team, um, another Arsenal team, the names have changed multiple times. Um, I guested for a couple of different teams for a couple of different events, just kind of like bopping here and there. And then um, uh, in terms of pro, I, I basically joined the AC Dallas squad when it was started in terms of like what it became the fit family and whatnot. Um, and then I went from basically there into transitioning and um, I played one more event at semi-pro and then I basically got picked back up and I started playing for energy elite. Um, so I've been playing for the past three events for energy and we'll be playing next season for them as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the journey. Quite a lot of teams that you're hopping around, and uh, not just teams, but also kind of all over the U.S. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll talk more about your uh, your pro paintball career, but I want to uh, also get into your background. Like your huge name in the grappling scene, which I'm like I don't know very much about, but I I was actually introduced to it uh, last month. There was an event here in Austin, and I remember that there was a match that went like six hours or something crazy like that. Um, because it was, it was like a non-time restricted thing. Uh, so, uh, tell me like about your resume in the grappling scene with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and in MMA. 
Yeah, um, I, I primarily have been like a, a jiu-jitsu jiu practitioner, so I competed internationally for jiu-jitsu. Um, in terms of titles for jiu-jitsu, I've won Worlds. I've medaled multiple times at Worlds. I've won Pan Ams three times. I've, I've medaled multiple times at Pan Ams as well. I've won Europeans twice. Um, so, yeah, um, I basically competed full-time as a jiu-jitsu practitioner for a majority of my career. Um, I also fought amateur and professional MMA. Um, uh, I was five and one as an amateur. I won an amateur title for my last amateur fight. And then I went pro and I won my pro debut. And then, um, my wife and I basically had our daughter and I had a basically change of like responsibilities. And, um, I was kind of getting tired physically as well doing it all. And then I basically took a step down and that's kind of where I stopped it. Um, I don't really compete anymore for jujitsu. I don't fight anymore either. I still teach, um, very actively. It's my job. Um, I have a, an academy here in Philadelphia. I have an affiliation of 20 academies all over the world and I travel basically once a week uh to like teach seminars like basically like clinics like for like BKI but for jiu-jitsu um so the best way for me to like explain to people like in paintball was basically that I'm like the Ryan Greenspan of jiu-jitsu right so I'm kind of like an old head type of dude but um part of a really successful team um have won a lot of things and basically now I'm like I'm still competing oh I'm still like playing paintball but like I, I do a lot of teaching as well so it's basically my passion and that's uh that's quite the resume. And how how old are you? Um, I actually just turned thirty five last week. Oh wow! So uh, quite quite the resume, quite the career that you've had, and still uh, you know, still quite young. Still got so much left to do, especially on the on the paintball scene. So, uh, you've had this long history of success, um, with uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, so have there been like any like just specific like methodologies or ways that you uh train or drill um that you have found to be the most successful for you yeah i mean when i played paintball before i started training i definitely think that like i was i was really bad at paintball um i think my way of looking at it was i wasn't growing very quickly it was hard to make adjustments it was hard to get better faster um, I think that my journey in terms of jujitsu and, and MMA and everything like that, wrestling, whatever it may be, it kind of changed how I like, um, I perceive practice and how I like basically go to practice and what I, what I focus on and goals to be goal oriented. So it's definitely changed a lot. It's helped a lot. Um, my communication is, is at a very high level too, in the sense of being able to communicate with myself and with others. So it definitely makes things way easier. Um, it, it makes it easier to adjust myself as well. It makes it easier to ask questions so people can direct me, you know? So even though I'm, I'm probably experienced in a lot of different things, I'm still, I'm still very, very raw for paintball. I, I definitely have a lot of potential in that aspect, but um, I'm, in a, I'm in a place to where I can ask a lot of questions and I can grow. Um, so it's really important for me to be able to use that communication and understanding um, that I, that I grasped and grew and, and molded in jujitsu to bring into paintball. So that's basically a majority of what I do now. So when we're, yeah, when we're practicing, it's like, Hey, so I was here conceptually when the game breaks down like this, like, what do you suggest that I do? You know? Um, so it's, it's really nice to be able to see it that way. And I think that I've made an, I've made more growth in the past, like two and a half years playing paintball than I probably have made playing paintball at any point in time before that. And that's based solely upon like the types of tools that I have that I got from jujitsu. Uh, it's, uh, interesting, like kind of making those comparisons. I mean, jujitsu is obviously not a, a team sport really in, in the sense, like whenever you're actually in the competitions, it's really just one-on-one. -on -one. 
Uh, but paintball is like entirely about like your, your teamwork, your communication, um, and more than just like your individual competencies. Uh, so have there been like any crossovers between like competition with, uh, MMA and Brazilian jujitsu and tournament paintball? Um, for me, it's just mindset, you know, um, in jujitsu and paintball, it's important for me to prepare correctly. So that's where I get my confidence from. So, um, I think that being able to run that linear to each other, it it really allows me to be able to be level-headed at an event. It allows me to be level-headed when I'm making adjustments on the field in real time. Um, but for me, they're very, very similar. So like, um, even though paintball is a team sport, I still have my job on the field, you know, and I'm able to communicate and ask what my job is. And I'm able to communicate, you know, how to do that. And um, if I do that correctly, the team is able to rely on me for that job, you know, so whether it's shooting a lane, if it's holding a zone, if it's being a missile in the snake, I still have a job. And we basically all have jobs. And when you add up all those five jobs, we win a point, right? So um, it's, it's, it's maybe perhaps I don't have the entire pressure of winning a point on me. Like in jujitsu, we're like, I have to win or else I lose. Um, there's no like someone else can do it for you or like you have four other people I can do that. But I, I still look at it in the same way. So um, in that connection, I think that a lot of it's just mental. And a lot of it's just like the mindset that I have going into it. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I seem very, very similar. The only difference is I've got a paintball gun in my hands rather than punching someone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find like... I guess like work ethic or the amount of times that you train or drill, like, do you find that, uh, those habits that you've built up in, uh, jujitsu, have they been successful or have you been able to carry over like your work ethic or your habits into how you prepare for tournament paintball? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's pretty common. Um, I would say more so than not that a lot of people basically just at, at the pro level, they're only playing paintball and like layout weekends. Right. So for me, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't work. I still want to grow. I still want to hustle. So even if I was a mouse, I'm thinking like, well, how can I get better than I was last event or how can I get better than I was last week? So for me, I'm just constantly in a state of, of growth. You know, I'm watching film, I'm breaking things down. I'm asking questions. I'm working out. I'm doing mobility and strength conditioning. I'm obviously training for jujitsu as well, but I play paintball way more than just on, on, on layout weekends. Right. So, um, I think that that's something that's really important. And I think that's something that when I came back and I saw a lot of people were like, Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we'll play the two weekends before the event. And I was just kind of like, well, that, that's not nearly enough, you know? Um, well, and I, it's to a degree, I kind of like that they're doing that. Cause it's just going to, at some point in time, I'll, I'll be able to keep my mindset and surpass them because I'm working extra, you know? So, um, uh, I, I like that aspect of it a lot. And I, and I see that like, that'd be great if it changed for paintball so that the level was higher and there's a different standard, but I know people have lives and it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, that that's all it was, was, I mean, for jujitsu and MMA, I was training, you know, three to four times a day, six days a week. And I was on the mat for eight hours a day and I was just cutting that up into, into pieces and drilling and then doing regular training and whatnot. So you can't really do that in paintball, you know, but you can, you can try to do it as much as you can. I think that's that's the one thing that I really brought into that's helps me grow as much as I have in the past two years to be able to ship back and play professionally. It's interesting that like when you compare uh, professional paintball to uh, other professional sports, and I don't mean like the huge like where there's hundreds of millions of dollars in the in the scene, like you know the National Football League or the NBA or anything like that. You know, more so um, things like. MMA or like 
uh, other smaller uh, sports things like uh, disc golf, for example, or uh, really any of those other smaller sports. Like it seems that paintball um, has a lot more barriers to it as far as like being able to prepare and can and uh, consistently practice for it, which obviously the the big one being, you know, the cost of paint itself. Like that's that's a huge recurring cost that is really restrictive for a lot of people. Um, you know, another thing being like access to a field, like there's not paintball fields everywhere. Like there is like, you know, golf courses or, uh, you know, baseball, uh, mounds or batting cages or anything like that. So, uh, I'm wondering like, how is, you know, are there similarities or differences in like, um, let's say like kind of the, the community for paintball and the community for for jujitsu or for MMA, as far as like how they're able to train or like their I guess their work ethic as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of like culture and environment, they're very like tribe driven. So like obviously it's a community, it's a whole. Um, but yeah, I mean, even at my academy, you know, like um, I would say my academy, like in terms of training, it, it has a, it has an expensive cost. But in terms of if you're only playing paintball, you know, every Sunday for four weekends, the cost of that paint is way more than what tuition costs at my academy, right? Like if you just shoot two cases, you're talking like $80 a weekend, it's $320, right? So that is expensive, you know, and that's only one day for, you know, a couple hours a day, you know, at my academy, I've got people that are training, you know, twice a day, three, four times a week, whatever it may be, but they're paying, you know, like $200 a month. So I think a lot of it's just based on convenience and, you know, of like the ability to actually do it, like the availability in it, you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't go outside and, and, and shoot two cases of paint and practice running drills because there's not a net outside or I don't have that kind of money, whatever it may be. But um, I think that, you know, paintball to a degree, I mean, I don't really have too much say in this, um, but it hasn't really evolved too much in that sense. It hasn't really given the player opportunity to kind of like really like branch out and say, well, how can we make this more affordable to people? How can we make this more available to people? Right. And I mean, there's been attempts, I guess, to some degree, you can do like reball, whatever it may be, but it's just not the same. Um, and it's, it's definitely unfortunate again, because you hear about people in random parts of the country, like, well, the nearest field is two hours away from me. And like, yeah, that is, that is sad. It's unfortunate. You know, there's jujitsu academies everywhere. There's still people that need to drive, whatever it may be, but it's, it's a lot different. It's a, it's a different type of culture and investment because you're, you, you, the cost is way lower. Um, and um, I mean, like, yeah, you're talking about a marker super expensive. We don't really have that in jiu-jitsu and MMA. Like you have like a gi and you have like your equipment, but you're not going to, it's not going to be the same cost of that. So it would be great to see paintball get to a point in time to where it's, it's definitely more accessible to people. But I think to a degree too, like in order for it to survive and kind of grow the way that it is, it, it has to be expensive to a degree. I mean, it'd be great if someone stepped in and kind of changed it to some degree that makes it easier but i don't know if it ever will um but until then i think that they're kind of really separated in that sense and it's gonna be really hard to kind of bridge that gap yeah and i know that like especially over the last 10 15 years like the cost of paint has gone down significantly um you know equipment like markers have gotten way more reliable hoppers have gotten way more reliable uh uh they just require less up like aftermarket upgrades it's just you know they're fine out of the box markers that are not top of the line stuff like yeah in the pro division everyone's shooting like you know either the the newest eclipse gun or the lux tm40 or uh die you know m3 or, or the new one the dls but uh it's not necessary for you to be able to go and compete with these uh 1700 guns uh you can 
you can go out there with a $400 setup, like, um, you know, cheap, cheap hopper, cheap air tank marker, and you're still going to be shooting the same 10 and a half, you know, balls per second and 300 feet per second. Um, so it, I think paintball has, I guess, evolved as far as like, you know, that barrier to entry as far as the marker and, and the paint being significantly cheaper compared to what it was a while ago. Um, but you know, it's, it's just that being able to prepare and play consistently, like it's, it's still very limited. Like I know at uh paintball fit, uh, which is the field that you used to play at back when you were with AC Dallas, they originally, before they built the, the huge structure that they had now, um, they had a, uh, reball on weeknights where like the, the entire thing was, was netted and, uh, they played three on three reball and it seemed to be uh, a huge success because people would be like, Oh, like $25 to go play for the whole night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I would love to see more of those things. I'm just curious, like what, what it would take and what the actual cost. Cause I'm, you know, there is a lot of startup costs if you are trying to build those facilities. Yeah. I mean, I think what's great about like, especially like the, like, especially paintball fit. I think they're very, they're leading the way. I think they're doing a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of fields can kind of follow suit, you know, in terms of Hydra, in terms of how they're doing this, the, 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 the events, they have like a, a consistent culture and whatnot. And I think that they're definitely, if, if, if you could have a majority of the fields attempt to understand what they're doing conceptually and then apply it to their own fields, I think that they would, uh, in terms of financially have success and you would see more consistency out of their local players and whatnot too. But um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, but again, a, a lot of that takes, I guess you could say it takes an investment. It takes time. It takes money to create those type of, type of opportunities, you know, and I think it's great that Texas specifically, that area has fit to be able to, to be able to do those things, you know, and, and create those opportunities. And they get that, they get that validation back by having the support that they do. And it's great. But I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've played paintball in San Diego. I played paintball in Chicago. I played paintball in Texas. Florida. I played paintball everywhere. And very few, very actually, I haven't experienced a single field that has the kind of uh, culture, the kind of um, accessibility, the kind of um, customer service that Fit does. You know, um, I mean, there's been, there's a couple of really nice fields that I've been to. And you're like, oh, this is great, but it's it's just not the same. So I think that you know, again, like it's it is tough. It is a business too, and these guys are spending a lot of money to create these opportunities for players, but. I mean, unless you're doing it like fit, I think it's going to be hard to kind of be able to truly open up and give more to the community. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, the Lucal boys and JD, like they have literally built that thing brick by brick. So it, it wasn't like some fields where you see like, oh, big money investor comes in and just, you know, drops a fat stack of cash and suddenly you have a big field. No, it, like they built everything by hand. So huge respect for what they've built. And uh, there's a reason that like, you know, they have multiple successful teams like uh, the fit.com boys currently who uh, they just barely missed out on that pro spot in the finals against notorious, uh, but they've been killing it all year. And then they also have uh, diesel that plays out of it as well. So uh, at one point they had two pro teams playing out of one field, which is almost unheard of. Yeah, no. And they, they have, they even have great, like, I know, like there's a lot of the, the lower divisional teams that also play there that are, they have a lot of guidance. They have a lot of support and help from from fit. I, it's definitely a huge family, you know. That, that's what I loved about that environment. That culture it was truly nice to be there constantly and be able to see the kind of support that everybody has. And it's very family driven, you know. And 
yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's definitely unheard of. It's definitely something that you don't see. Um, that's why that's why teams are traveling there to go play, and that's why you have people that are, for example, me that are like, I, I'll I'll fly there every weekend to go play 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 paintball and practice with those guys because of the culture and the people that are there and the kind of results that you can get from it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a no brainer. You know, um, again, I I couldn't I couldn't say enough positive things about the that family about the team about the environment about everything it is everything as as a nutshell is it's it's truly a blessing absolutely uh so with all of these like comparisons that we're making do you think there's any lessons or takeaways that the paintball community or or maybe just the pro paintball scene either like big picture or small picture can uh learn from mma from and from uh brazilian jiu-jitsu um, I think in terms of, and I don't, I mean, I, there's a couple of people that like dub, like that are both part of both communities. Um, but they're very, very similar in the sense of like how they organize like their events, like their major events, their small events or maybe, but like in the juicy community, there's a lot of small events. Um, and they're very consistent almost every weekend. Um, people travel to do these tournaments and, you know, you, you chase for your points in the end of the year, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, I think I think that if paintball, if the NXL, if there was if there was other leagues, and I know like Hinman was doing some stuff, and he still was doing a great job on the West Coast and whatnot. But I think that if there were if there were more if there were more organizations for like competitions that allowed people to be pushed to like bigger organizations, for example, like hey, come win this event, and we'll give you you know uh, your entry fee to you know the the Florida State Open or to to the to the, to the you know Mid Atlantic Open, or maybe I think that would be kind of helpful, you know, and it kind of pushed me in that direction, but I, I know it's very financially expensive to travel to those events and do that. You know, um, it, I think that it would help if like the, it came from the top down, like your major, your major corporations and major companies that are a part of paintball were to help out more. I don't know how they would do that, whether they were structured up better sponsorship deals or whatnot. But I mean, I think it is tough. It kind of puts you in a predicament and everybody strives, I think to play paintball consistently and try to play to the highest level that they can. But um, I, you don't really get too much help, you know, and I think it's a lot of it's about kind of like figuring out how to create that for yourself, whether you're doing, you know, fundraising events at your local field or you're trying to ref events yourself, whatever it may be. And I think that's really nice. But I just wish that the, 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 the higher ups were able to do more for its players in terms of being able to give them more tournaments to play in to give them more reward to playing at the bigger ones. That, I think that would be the biggest aspect of that. But I don't know how they would do that, you know. It's funny that you bring that up because that exact thing used to be a thing uh, with the um, there used to be kind of like the NXL and then the affiliate leagues would be like the major regional things like the WCPPL, like USXBL here in Texas, uh, like the Tri-State X-Ball League, like in Florida. And uh, what they would do is that the winners of each of the leagues, or at least like the winners of the full season, they would get... Um, entry and then like 30 cases of paint to go compete against the other winners of the other regional leagues and they they uh called it i i can't remember it but they they created a essentially their own like special division at world cup um where the winners of these uh regional leagues would all go and compete against each other and basically just say oh like the usxbl is better than all of the other leagues or the wcppl won it this year or uh, their representative, and so uh, I am. I I do wonder why that went away. I I don't know if part of it was just because of uh, when COVID happened, uh, kind of everything shut down, and we're still kind of like getting back to normal from that, or what. Um, but it it is interesting that uh, you brought up that solution when it 
we used to have that and it seemed to be a very successful thing. Yeah. And again, I think that that if, if you kind of look at it, right, we're, we're, we're trying to create a paintball for the people that are not playing right now, right. The people that are going to be playing in the future, you know, so you're thinking about younger kids who just want to go out there and have fun, you know, and it's, it's, they're not going to be traveling from, from Louisiana all the way to, you know, Chicago to go watch a paintball event, you know? So I think it's important to kind of create that in their own like environment and, their, and, and make it local for them to be more accessible to them, to experience playing in it, to experience watching whatever it may be, you know? So I think right now, like it's expensive. It's, it's hard for people to access that when they're not part of that community, you know? So mm-hmm. if my wife is like, well, how can I watch? Like, oh, you go to go sports. Oh, we need to reset your password. You need to pay this. You need to, and it's, it's really challenging, you know, and it, it, that's not a right, it's not a wrong thing. I think there needs to be that financial support that's there as well, but it just, it just needs to be easier for people that are not as involved to get more involved. And I think that starts locally. And I think you do that, like in your, you do that in your home and then it branches out from there. And if you can do that, then it just goes all over the country. That seems to be a, uh, like the million dollar question for paintball is how do you get more outreach to people that are not already in the sport? Like paintball is, is n- like infamously bad at um, advertising to people like outside of paintball. Like it, it seems like the only, like it's, it's an echo chamber almost like you're only ever reaching out to people that you already have. Uh, and that's not at least from, from like the big picture perspective from uh, like these corporations that are at the very top, like, yeah, they're, they're advertising to a bunch of players like, Hey, you know, buy all this new gear, but like you already have the new gear. Like, how how are you going to grow the sport? Uh, it seems like an ongoing problem, which uh, uh, I hope that there seems uh, like going into the future, there's a more like organized effort to to get that growth on a national and maybe even international uh, scale. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I think that like in terms of one that I have experience with personally is that like jujitsu muay thai boxing you know these things became more popular when ufc hit a higher level like a more pinnacle level right because more people could because yeah ufc is on you see it on espn you see that they're they're connected with reebok right so i think that if you see that it kind of trickles down like my 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 parents obviously know about jiu-jitsu they know that i fight whatever it may be but like you could you could say to my mom like you know who conor mcgregor is and she would say yeah why that has nothing to do with me it has to do with because of the marketing and advertising and, and the outreach of the ufc right so yeah, I, it would be great if, if the NXL did a better job of kind of like, you know, creating this like sonar echo effect and like getting things out there. So then it made it easier for people to see what's going on. But I mean, I still tell people if I go out and like, oh, what do you do? If I say like, oh, I play professional paintball, they think I'm running around the woods with a ghillie suit on and, and shooting a pump gun, right? And I think that's not good or bad, right or wrong. It's still paintball. But I think that it's just, it's lacking getting it out there. I don't know how much the, the, the webcast is growing for, for, for those sports in terms of watching the events and how many of those people are already playing paintball. But I mean, if we can't get it out there more and make people interested, it's, it's never going to grow externally. It's going to grow. It's going to grow very slow. Like it has been, you know, and I think that's again, like you were saying, that is the biggest struggle. How do we do that? But I mean, there's gotta be a way. Yeah. And, uh, there's been some other guests that I've had on the show. Uh, like Brian Wolf, who's the photographer for verbal. I've had, uh, another, guy his name is carlos uh rangon who's the photographer for get that shot both of them are nxl pro media guys so they're they've been like heavily involved in like making reels making tiktoks of 
paintball and i think maybe it's uh they're starting there or at least for for verbal like he's he's making quite a bit of money by posting uh these shorts and these reels on facebook on youtube on instagram on tiktok so hopefully um you know the strategy is probably probably starts there with the media guys yeah no i agree i think the social media is a great it's a great path for getting that stuff out there and i think that it's it's really it's easier for people now to really experience things that are outside of perhaps their their natural their circle of what they're interested in in terms of seeing those things. So I think that's that's definitely a great aspect, you know. And it just goes to show you again, like uh, you know, verbal and like these these media refs, uh, these media guys that are going for NXL. Like it's not the NXL doing that, you know. Like so, it's like it goes to show you, like it'd be great if the NXL was like, hey guys, like you know, we're gonna have we're gonna change how we do media here. We're gonna do this, this, and that. And, and if that's the pathway, then we should pump that pathway and try to get it out there as much as we can, you know, rather than relying on really good human beings that are doing their best to um, get it out there themselves. It's almost like a one man army. Right. So, I mean, um, NXL has the most power out of all of us, you know, I wish that they would do a little bit more in, the, in that sense. And I'm sure that they're doing their best, but um, I'm sure that to a degree, they're probably, they're, they're kind of like chained figuring out how to do that. But I mean, the more that we can do as a, as a, as a community, the better, but they have the biggest following for paintball. So it should start there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely agree. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I'm sure that I'm not aware of, and obviously, you know, nothing's free. So, uh, just what I, you know, I hope that they're, uh, and, and it is obvious that they're making changes. So, um, no, I think I think we will start to see a little bit more success. I mean, like obviously we're doing something right if uh this past World Cup was the biggest World Cup that ever happened. Agreed. No, I agree. just stay positive and just keep doing what we're doing and um stay positive for the next generation of paintball to make sure it's bigger and more productive. For sure. All right. So I wanna uh kind of continue on. Like we've talked about your uh long career in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but you're pro career in paintball only is just beginning. So what was it about professional paintball that caught your attention? Um, for me, I, uh, because I'm so competitive, I always wanted, if I'm going to do something, I become obsessed and I wanted to obviously be the best that I can be. Right. So, um, it's not so much about being better than everybody or saying like, Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, be better than this guy, but I just want to be the best that I can. So I want to basically uncover my potential and then attempt to, to go for it as much as I can. So, um, I, I, when I came back and played paintball, I, I don't mind playing at any division. It's fine with me, but the, the goal is to still get to the top and I want to be on the pro field and then play with the guys that, that are the best in the world, you know? So, um, it, it's hard. It's definitely hard to break into the pro league. I think it's definitely hard to break in and stay in. So that's, that's definitely part of a, um, a specific, specific idea and struggle to it in itself. But, um, for me, I wouldn't do it unless I could, if I, if I could go all in, you know? So luckily. The, the type of lifestyle and creation where I can commit to something like that and do it. And I have the support for my family to do that as well. But um, yeah, I, I love paintball, but I want to, I want to compete and I either want to go out there and someone says, Hey, you don't deserve to be out here and you need to, you need to get off and play at a lower division or someone goes, okay, respect. Yeah. You, you're doing your work. Let's go. And I mean, that's all I want to basically keep doing. Well, uh, even though like your, your intro, you uh, kind of, we're a little bit humble about the different teams that you've hopped around on. You know, you made it sound like, Oh, I just hopped on a few teams here and there before I joined NRG elite. But like these teams that you hopped on are massive names in paintball. Like you were on 
Arsenal, AC Dallas last year. Uh, you've been you've played for the New Jersey Jesters, which is you know long-standing organization in paintball. Um, you played with the uh, All Americans and AfterShock in the ICPL, and now of course you're on Energy. So, um, tell me like what kind of about like the uh, build up to your current tenure with Energy. Yeah, so basically. Um uh, when I was on AC Dallas, I really enjoyed being with the team. Um, it was it was a great environment. Um, it was it was definitely a decent amount of uh, work just traveling there every weekend, practicing and whatnot. And I definitely I was growing a lot, you know. And um, I knew that I wanted to continue my my paintball career. I wanted to continue to stay focused. And um, for me. I just thought that I was like, Hey, like, how do I do this at the best at, at the best level? So like, I even went to a few like clinics. I made some connections with people. I met people like, yeah, yeah. I met people like Ronnie. I met, I met Chad. I, I met, I met Ryan Brand. Right. And I was like, Hey, like, how can I, how can I get better? Like what, what, what's, if you would go back and, and tell yourself how to do the way you didn't do it better, faster, how would you do it? And I took all that input and that's basically just, I applied it. Right. So, um, I was considering staying at semi-pro um, once I left AC Dallas before I went to NRG, and I wanted to really focus on trying to basically get on the fee- get on the finals field on Sunday and creating more of a strong presence while the pro coaches and, and owners were watching. And they said, "Okay, we should scout this kid," and that was my goal. But then I got a call from Alan, who owns NRG, and he just said, "Like, hey, you know, we've." We've, we've heard great things about you and we've, we've spoken to multiple people about you and we really want to have you out. And, you know, if, if it makes sense, we want to have you on the team. And, um, I was basically in a, in a transitional phase of, um, I basically committed to playing on distortion at that point in time. And, um, I was having conversations with Virgil about possibly joining blast camp. And I, I kind of was a bit all over the place and I had to make a decision. And, um, yeah, so I went out the first, first layout weekend for, uh, Philly. I think it was, um, and uh, went out to to CSP and I played and they they invited me back the second weekend and they said we want you on the team and that was it. So um, I owe a lot to Alan and, and the NRG organization. It's a it's a very strong environment that allows me to grow and continue to get better. They they're very patient with me. They have a high expectation as well of me, which I really enjoy that pressure. So um, yeah, so I mean everything that I've been working hard for basically led up to the energy type of, um, break and that consistency and that, that kind of home that I was looking for. And, um, it's, it's been truly, truly, uh, amazing. Um, I've grown more in the past five months than I've grown in the past year. And, um, it's been, it's been really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only way that that happened was from the connections that I made in terms of trying to grow. Right. So it helped that Alan spoke to some other pro players and, knew that I was on AC Dallas. So he said, you know, if GP thinks this and if this guy thinks this, you know, whatever it may be. So um, I think I, I did the work enough to where um, I just needed the opportunity. Once I got it, I could take it and it worked out very well. Yeah. It's really cool. Like how uh, making those connections uh, works in paintball, like uh, even just doing this show, uh, just being able to connect with all people from all different parts of Texas that I don't re- usually interact with. Like I've, uh, here in Texas, uh, there's like the overall Texas scene, but even within that, there's like five or six different smaller scenes out of the different, you know, major fields like uh, X Factor. And then, you know, like four hours north, you have uh, the paintball fit scene. You've, if you go uh, east three hours, you've got the whole Houston scene with what's happening over at Zone and at Legends with the Texas Cyclones. Uh, you had 
south a couple of hours you've got uh the valley which uh had several players um that played for grit back when they were uh had their semi-pro presence so like uh there's all different like segments within the tech scene and just being able to make those connections like when i had uh caesar on for uh one of my earlier episodes you know he was giving his story about how hey he got archie montemayor to start playing or um you know when my very first episode with colt roberts like his very first day of paintball was at a uh he immediately like jumped into tournament practice and the very first team that he played on uh that very first day had dixon yang on it who's now an assistant coach with x factor as well so like those connections are uh, huge in paintball. Um, but you know, not just the connections, obviously, you know, the hard work that you're putting in and, uh, like a lot of different pros and coaches and divisional teams have said on the show, like paintball is one of the sports where like you get exactly what you put into it. hundred percent. Um, uh, and it's, it's, that's something too, like to make the connection with like jujitsu and MMA, whatever it may be is like, we have an expression in that in that culture where it's like the mat doesn't lie you know like you when you go out there and you do your thing like you you can't you can't fake or you can't you know create some type of different mentality and, and different performance than you're capable of you know so i think that's that's i think that's what's great about professional paintball is like you definitely have there's definitely levels in professional paintball and you have like your top tier teams your mid-tier and your low tier teams you know but like there there's 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 not a lot of well there's very very few i would say pro guys that are like out there that are like man this guy should not be out there and he's out there consistently throughout the year you know like obviously there's been experience with like unfortunate things with the saints and whatnot in the beginning of the season and how it transitions but like the you have these guys have been playing professional paintball for a long time and if they come into if they come into the professional paintball league and they they play like you know that they're 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 gonna be good and then you you either see them play and you're like oh that guy is good or he's not you know so yeah, I mean, I think you, you definitely get what you put in, you know, and um, it's that's what's great and it's humbling about it because you can just you can just work harder and you can get more, you know, and I think that's that's something that's great about professional sports is that if you just work really, really hard and you do so correctly with, with the right guidance and environment, it, it, I, I think it's incredibly realistic to be able to, to, to get to that level. And uh, even, you know, going back to the first pro team that you played on AC Dallas, like that's that's their whole mantra. Like they've been grinding so hard like i i mean i've known these guys back basically when they started playing in 2015 when colt lacal uh started playing and they've been like for many years they've been playing like three four five days a week uh and that whole team like yeah they got relegated last year but it took the ml kings making their first sunday in three years of being in the pro division for that to happen um and even even then, like if if the PB Fit guys were in pro this year, like they would still be taking games off of teams, and it would and they wouldn't they would not be getting relegated again this year. Like even their first their first uh, event last year, which I think was Florida, um, or no, it was yeah maybe maybe it was Florida. Whatever the first event was last year, like they they won a game. Uh, after only yep. playing basically jumping from D three straight into pro because they only played yep. one event in D two. You know, we, we had that conversation and literally, and I mean, a lot of this information is great because it's like behind the scenes, you don't hear too much. Right. But it was like, Hey, let's go out there. Let's win one point, you know, Hey, let's go out there. Let's win one game, you know? And, um, the persistence of the fit guys is 
absolutely outrageous. It's, it's incredibly, it's toxic. Like you feel it like, man, this is amazing. Like it catches fire, you know, it's addicting. It's, it, it's obsessive. It's great. You know, and they, they work hard. They deserve that, you know? And, um, it's, I literally was very, 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 very pro fit coming back into the pro league. And I literally, I was like, man, I can't wait to see everybody's faces when you have a team that goes from pro regulated and relegated coming back to pro again, you know, and, and they're, 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 they're consistent in my opinion, you know, and I think that notorious is great too. And I, I I think that all the teams that were in the running or, you know, they're, they can probably come into the pro league and they can definitely (laughs) be bottom team and get relegated, you know, whatever it may be. But I think fit has literally, in two years in terms of jumping to pro going semi-pro has made such an, an, an astronomical amount of growth in terms of consistency and productivity that I haven't seen a lot of teams do that. I don't think I've seen any team do that, you know? So um, definitely crazy that notorious gets it by one point, whatever it may be and, and all that stuff. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you can put, you can put fit in there and I think that nobody would bat an eye, you know, and I think that you would see them again, beating really, really good teams. They would be, you know, doing that and they, they wouldn't be getting relegated, you know, and um, I'm really hoping to see them on the pro field in the near future for sure. Absolutely. And uh, like the, um, I think one of your teammates gave an interview uh, during world cup where he was saying like the parody in the league this year is unreal. Like you don't have, these teams like you know outside of the the saints situation but even then the saints won a game uh this at world cup so like you've got maybe um i got i gotta look at who they beat exactly i remember it was a uh like I that, think they that beat, bracket was crazy yeah i think they beat because uh, uh, they i think they beat lbl and it was like by one or two points but um yeah i think i think it was lbl yeah so like how the pro division used to be like two, three years ago, there was like a, a top eight and a bottom 12. And uh, now I'd say there's like a top 18 and a bottom two, where it's like any one of those top eight teams could be a Sunday team. Like even Great. NYX was in last place going into Chicago. They were in danger of getting relegated. They've made two Sundays in a row. ML Kings, uh, they hadn't made a Sunday in three years of playing paintball. I'm pretty sure they've made every single Sunday this year except for one. Um, even like the European teams coming in, like the Lucky 15s took a game off of the Red Legion. Like stuff like that's insane. Like, yeah, no, yes, it really is. I think that you know, the especially the Kings, the Kings kind of like they. They were, they were, they were moving, they were moving. They kind of just like, kind of like they caught their traction and they went right. And I think that if you spend enough time in the pro league, I think that like, it's inevitable. Like it's going to, it's going to catch. Right. And I think that enough teams just been doing for so long that like the consistency is getting better, whatever it may be. And I think that again, like the, it was like, well, is it going to be saints? Is it going to be DMG? Is it going to be NYX? Whatever it may be. But I mean, yeah, again, I, you just, you see it out there and you're like, wow, like NYX had a great event. You're like, wow, I wasn't expecting this to happen, you know? And, um, um, it's great to see that happen, but yeah, I mean, those, those top semi pro teams could easily replace those, those bottom pro teams. And I think that you would see them do very, very well. Look at the newest pro team this year, the hurricanes, they went four and zero in Chicago. Like those guys, like the parody, not just in the pro division, but even, you know, the top couple of teams in semi pro, notorious fit blast camp like you can make a 24 team league now and yeah uh every one of those teams can take games off of each other for sure 
I mean, you're even having these teams, the semi-pro teams that are top semi-pro teams there for layout weekends, they're literally playing pro teams, right? So that, 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 that being said, even the pro teams see the value in those guys. They say like, well, like, yeah, that's a great practice that we can have, you know, like we, we're going to get the value of playing the pro league by playing a team like this. And it's not, it's not just a regular like heat and, and aftermath and these teams are <laughs> ass camp, you know? So it's like, Heat's going in deep on Sundays, and their algorithm for success is playing against Blast Camp. So that's got to show you the value of the semi-pro teams for sure. It's got to show you the respect that's there. Yeah, hell, like even Notorious, they were playing X Factor right before uh, Sacramento. So you see that all the time. So like, um, you know, talking a lot about uh, the PB Fit guys and how much work that they put in. Like they were your uh, first pro team when you played with AC Dallas last year, and uh, when I was trying to you know, do a little bit more research into you. I talked with uh, Johnny Lucal, um, and he just had nothing but great things to say about you, your work ethic, your mind for the game. So like, what was it that made you choose AC Dallas for your pro debut? Um, uh, so I really wanted to play professional paintball, but I didn't know how. And again, I, I made a lot of these connections and I was having a lot of conversations. I chatted with brand. I, I chatted with, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, I chatted with Sam and they're like, there's an opportunity here, you know? And I was like, well, what do you guys think? And they gave me their opinion. And, um, I asked for more information and again, I was still very raw, right? I didn't even know too much about a lot that was going on, whatever it may be. So I had to do my research, you know? And, um, um, when I sat down and I started to, to look at, you know, what exactly fit was and who made up fit. For me, it was just a no-brainer, you know. Like I am, I am, I am literally 100% in terms of my own academy, in terms of training, in terms of whatever it may be. I'm all about environment and culture, you know. And nothing says that more than a family, you know. And to know that you have a core group of guys that are literally all living together and they're brothers and and it's a family. For me, it was like, man, if I could somehow be accepted into that environment. There's, there's, there's just no better place to be, you know. And um, again, I was very fortunate to be asked to come into that environment. I know that the tryouts were insane. I think that that weekend it ended up snowing like some crazy eight inches. Where it was crazy that weekend, but um, it was it was really nice to be. Able, and I'm I still have a very very strong connection to those guys. I see Johnny. I see Cole. I see all these guys. I see, I see every single one of them. And I'm like, man, like it's, I'm really happy for you guys. It's great to see you guys and where things going, you know, and they just, it, they're great. They have great energy. They're great human beings. So to be able to, to, to be connected to those people and also be connected with those people while you both do something passionate is, is huge. So for me, it was, it was an absolute no brainer. You know, it was definitely unfortunate the team got relegated and the timing of it and how it, it, it was broken down, but to see the positivity that came from it and it, fit is not ac dallas and they're doing their thing and they're they're earning everybody's respect what they are i i yeah i think it was all very positive you know um, if, if if it would have worked out and not got regulated or like that i think it would have been a completely different situation but i think that the it was very positive and i think that they've grown tremendously because of it for sure just you can tell anytime you watch those guys take the field uh yeah and even at world cup like they had, I think, three injuries. Like Johnny didn't play at all. I know Trenton Mason got hurt in, I think, the quarterfinals. Uh, I think they had another injury somewhere in there as well. But like even even then, like those those guys just like worked so hard and they still made the finals. So uh, yeah, like they've those guys work work really hard and uh, you know just kind of making that connection with the rest of like the Texas scene. Like that their story is 
is incredible, but like you've got that, that's almost like the standard for Texas. Like obviously, you know, they're the very top of uh, the product that comes out of here, but you've got a lot of other teams from here that are trying to follow in their footsteps, working incredibly hard, you know, working multiple days a week, uh, playing on weeknights, uh, trying to climb just like they did. So um, talking about like the two different scenes. So have you noticed uh, like, what are some things that you notice between the, your local scene or other places that you've played in compared to the paintball fit scene? I, it's it's literally it's like night and day i mean even when i go to like a street ball practice or like a, a whatever it may be or i go to a regular practice where like there's people playing like we, we've we've got a decent amount of teams that are here on the east coast you know like this area like you've got rebo you've got arsenal you've got the a team you've got you've got uh the newbies you've got a lot of decent teams leverage right all different divisions which is great you know and they're good dudes you know they're really good dudes but like there's just something about the vibe like like when I play paintball here and obviously I'm not with my team, you know, it's actually quite challenging to go out and play paintball. You know, it's like, well, it, we're, it's like everybody that well, we're doing our thing and we got to grow and I, you got to respect that. Right. You don't want someone jumping in and getting spins, you know? So it's, it's tough to do that. I could go to fit tomorrow and play paintball and, and be welcomed. And I think that that, and that's like a really, really positive thing that is like great for that culture. Now, if you do that as a team, it's even better. You know, like they just take care of everybody. I don't see the kind of the kind of respect and the value that they put in a customer service at that field is done anywhere else. You know, I will say that like Alan, in terms of the owner of energy at like CSP, like he definitely goes above and beyond for like layout weekends and he takes care of the teams that come out, you know, and, and I'm very, very fortunate for that as well, you know. And it's not even Allen's field, which is great. But like the fit, the fit, it's their home. They're like, hey, this is our house. This is our home. You know, we built this and this is where we play. And like, you're welcome here, whatever it may be. But like, it's it's a completely different environment. I haven't experienced it anywhere else. And I've, again, I've, I've played all over the place. And there's still people that are really good human beings that have great fields and they're very welcoming. But it just, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Well, uh, they are one of the best fields in the world. Uh, not I, just Not just in Texas, but in the world. Agree. I agree. Uh, so, um, kind of moving forward, like for for people looking to learn from uh, this episode of the podcast, like, do you have any piece of advice for either current divisional players looking to climb the ranks to play pro, like either with uh, work ethic, uh, networking specific, you know, like drills or training methods, how often you drill, like any of those things? What tips do you have for anybody looking to learn here? Yeah, I mean, the advice that I give to anybody, very conceptual, is that, like, you know, I always, and I think paintball is great because it's, it's definitely easier access, you know, is that I would find someone or I'd find an environment that I'm, I'm truly, like, um, want, to, want to, like, mimic. Like, like, for example, like, you look at Mouse, like, man, I want to be just as good as that guy, you know. I would basically mimic his work ethic at a minimum. And I would be, I would be like, Hey, it's like, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I do strength conditioning two times a week and I do drills, blah, blah, blah. And this is where I drill. If I do what that guy does, my growth will be undeniable. You're going to grow and you just stay consistent to it. You know, the great thing is, is that there's a lot of people that are hungry out there. And a lot of the, a lot of people can use that hunger in a positive way. So what I would do is, is whether it's business, whether it's jujitsu, MMA, paintball, is I would literally get the information from the top and I would say, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? And how often should I do it? 
and I would really just sprint in that direction. I'd be very blind to that. I would just stay, stay on that path, you know? And I literally had that conversation with Ryan Brand. He's like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. And you're going to do it or you're not. And I was like, got it. And I'll just do it, right? So um, I think that uh, being a professional athlete, you want to do that not in terms of just being on the field, but it should be a lifestyle. So you should be playing paintball year round. You should be consistent with that. You should be taking care of your body. You should be doing strength conditioning, mobility work, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a lot of guys out there that are accessible for that. Like Patty, he's like, Hey, like I offer like remote coaching. Right. So these things are very accessible to people. And I know they cost things, but there's definitely ways of being able to invest in yourself. And I think that's important, you know? Um, but yeah, so like I would, I would just, I would just keep that path and I would basically find someone that I truly embraced and I, and I wanted, and I idolized to that degree. And I would just mimic their work ethic, not just the result, but the work ethic. And if you do that, I mean, sky's the one that for sure. Well, there's a, a lot of connections to be made. Uh, I think for a lot of uh, people, like they, they think, oh, this, this pro player, he's not, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. Like he, he's not going to give me the time of day, but yeah, you'd be surprised like how, uh, how welcoming that, especially people at the top, like they're all about like, Hey, grow the sport. Like even the, the dynasty guys, like they came down to X factor to practice right before cup. Um, and I just went up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. Do you have like a quick five minutes to do, uh, you know, an interview and like Ryan Greenspan, Oliver Lang, uh, you know, even the, the guys on Columbus level, I got a few of them as well. Like, uh, uh, Justin Politi and, um, who was the other guy that I got? Um, there, there was, uh, two, two different Columbus level guys that I got in there and just their like approach to them is, and the worst that they can say is no, but yeah. a lot of these guys are super like, like if, if you ask, like if you're showing, Hey, I'm going to take that step forward like that's that's the first step and they're gonna they're gonna notice it they're gonna help you out 100 percent, 100 percent. i literally don't know a single pro because i did it I, you know again like i was i traveled to a clinic i i reached out on messaging you know blah 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 I'm, I'm texting yeah yeah i'm like hey like blah 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 you know so i think it's really important to just understand that like you know closed mouths don't get fed and if if it's something you want you got to go after it you know you just got to be you got to be relentless. You got to be persistent with it. But uh, I, I don't know any pro that's, that's a dick and would be like, no, I don't have the time of day. You know, you're at that field, you're playing paintball. Hey, can I ask you a question? Hey, what would you suggest? I don't know a single person that would say no. I mean, like I've, I've, I'm not even that good at paintball and I've been playing paintball at a field and I've had a lower division guy be like, Hey, what did you do here? What were you thinking during that time frame? Or I literally had to make the initiative and say, Hey, can I share some unsolicited advice to you and then have a conversation? They're like, yeah, that'd be great. I didn't want to ask him all a lot. It's like, it would definitely, be, you just, you just need to keep those conversations that that stuff is there. I can message Brian brand right now and ask him a question and I want a rival team. And I'm sure that he would be able to give me insight and, and advice and guidance because that's just who he is. He's a good human being. So I mean, that's what, that's what we're doing, you know? So, and again, like if you, if you reach out to someone that you idolize, and they're a good human being, they're going to give you that information. I think they're, they're going to do it hands down 10 times out of 10. And it's easier to do it out of field, but with social media now, it's, it's really easy to get in contact with people and have these conversations. Yeah. My, my uh, divisional team, Texas Titans, we play out of X factor and we've been very, very fortunate. Like we've had uh, Colt Roberts, Jesse Stevens, Ryan brand, uh, all these guys like working with us, like we'll go and approach them. Like, like Colt Roberts will, uh, he'll, 
hop online with us. Like we do like online footage reviews. Like we film all of our own practices. He'll hop in and give us, he's like, Hey, you did this wrong in this point. Um, he'll even, you know, hop on with us whenever a layout drops, he'll, he'll walk it with us on, on guns up. Uh, and those guys like just, uh, cannot appreciate them enough. Uh, so shout out to Colt Roberts, shout out to Jesse Stevens, shout out to Ryan brand, uh, all those guys that have helped the Texas Titans, um, help us get to where we are now. I mean, we had a pretty good finish at world cup. Uh, definitely thanks to those guys for their support. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's definitely, it's great that you guys are, um, have that support too, but it's also great that you're in an environment where you can have it, you know, like, again, like there's a lot of people that are out there that they, what we were talking about earlier, they don't have the luxury of playing at a field, a pro team or a higher team, or they don't have a field that's really close. And, you know, it's, these people are accessible, you know, and I think it's really important to, to reach out and talk to them. So it's great that you guys have that kind of guidance there. And I, I would literally feel very confident saying that because the results that you see that you're having a cup, it's going to be consistent. You're going to continue to have those, you know, and is, is it, is having their guidance a pivotal role in that? I think it's definitely plays, it plays a part, you know, and I think that, that it teaches you guys how to teach yourself and how to look at things. And then you'll be able to one day do it for other people. And I think that's what paintball is all about. Right. Mm, for sure. Um, and one of the sponsors for the show, which is uh paintball committee, Colt Roberts has kind of started his own, um, approach to uh like paintball training and learning the absolute basics and it's you know it's, it's has he he drew inspiration from mixed martial arts um where he he teaches classes like hey this is how you shoot a lane off the break this is how you snap shoot this is how you walk a field um and just being able to have those resources is is great but like his his whole program is like i i think one day his goal is to have some of his students like um you know belt up and he gives us like hey everybody starts out as a white belt but it's you know we all wear white headbands whenever we attend his class it's it's pretty dope but uh his goal one day is to like um like eventually some of us are gonna belt up into like red belt or blue belt or brown belt or whatever and we'll be able to teach some of those classes that he does and uh and you know, stuff like that. I want to see more of in the paintball community. I see that. That's, and that's what we're talking about. I think that's huge. And I think that that really helps the local community. I think it helps grow things. And I think it, it creates a lot of, you know, uh, like internal, like connection to each other. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's great, you know, and um, I think it's really cool that you guys are doing that too. And I think it's, it's great that he's doing that. He's investing his time into it. That's, mm-hmm. that's really big. for sure. All right. So this question, uh, we're getting to the end of our show, but this question is something that I ask everybody that comes on. Uh, it helps. Okay. Um, people like get the word out on new up and comers, but it also like helps me like, Hey, who do I need to have on this show next? So yeah. uh question here, is there any paintball teams, players, brands, like local tournament series, local fields or paintball projects that have caught your attention lately? So like if there's someone in paintball that uh, we don't know about, who do we need to know about? Oh, um, I, I don't know who like you, you guys, but there's there's a kid that's on the um um the wrecking crew, yeah, Colt. He was on the USA team, so I think he's pretty um, well known. But he's super young. Um, he's getting older now. He's he's he's, he's child size, and he's getting bigger too. He's almost bigger than me now. But um, he's um he's got a really really great heart. He's got a great mind for paintball too. Very dedicated, very open. He goes a lot of BKI BKI stuff and. He plays paintball very consistently. They, they perform very well. Um, his parents are amazing, very supportive too. Um, I think that kid is definitely someone like that is just um, truly an example of like uh, 
the younger community growing up in paintball, you know, and I think that's a, it's a very great story. And I think it's great to see him grow and you'll see him on the pro field, you know, um, that, that's what I would say in terms of players. Um, I think what's really cool is I'm starting to see more in terms of the paintball community, like more like charity stuff, you know, like, Hey, look, let's do, let's like do this for an event. Let's do like some, like, you know, let's do like a clinic, but we're donating the money type of thing. I think that, 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 that goes a lot too. Um, I would definitely, you know, say that it'd be great to see the paintball community not only grow, but give back to other communities. So I think that's a, that's a huge aspect of that, you know, and I definitely want to see things like that from like the bigger name guys that are able to give back to the communities, whether it's like, you know, BKI or individual teams holding like, you know, like things that they're, that their local fields. But um, that's something that like, uh, I think it's really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to uh, uh, Colton Dahl on uh, New York Wrecking Crew. Uh, he's definitely definitely turning heads, has been all year. Uh, so we got looks like one or two questions from the chat. Uh, cool. So uh, question from Mister Kaboom two one zero. His question is: How often do you have to play indoors because of the winter? Um. So since I've been playing paintball again, I haven't played indoors at all. So um, I'll like right now. It actually when we got back from Florida, it's been kind of cold outside. So. I'll continue to play paintball outside, but for me, traveling is not a big deal. So what I'll start to do over the winter is I'll start scheduling some of my like seminars that I go to teach for jiu-jitsu, like in warmer areas. And I'll go to San Diego, I'll go to Dallas and I'll basically just play paintball that weekend there instead. Um, but yeah, I think I played paintball like back in the day when I was like 14 or 15 here locally in New Jersey, it was really, really small, but um, I'm a fan of playing outside in the cold. Um, I don't mind it at all, but when it doesn't get too cold, I, I will just travel to play paintball. Um, so I'm hoping that this winter is, is pretty mild in that sense. You don't have to deal too much snow and whatnot, but um, I would say probably for majority of December and January, I'll be traveling and playing paintball in Texas, Florida, and probably like California. Oh man. Well, if you ever end up in uh at fit or, if you end up as far I, south as San Antonio, you know, hit us up, uh, be sure to post up and we'll, we'll make it out there. I can, I can guarantee that I will be in both of those areas in the winter time and we'll be definitely, um, reaching out to like Ryan, reaching out to the fit guys and making sure that there's something going on that weekend in terms of being able to come down and definitely being able to spend some time with those guys. So, um, you'll definitely be hearing from me for sure. For sure, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So, uh, Christian, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, no, I just want to thank you. Really appreciate you having me on. Uh, this is really, really cool. I appreciate it a lot. Appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate what you're doing for the community as well. It means a lot. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, um, just thank you. Um, it means a lot that you'd have me on the show. I know probably I'm the, even though I'm closely uh, to a degree, I'm sorry, I know that I'm not very closely connected to Texas Paintball, and obviously I spend a, a stink of my time there. But um, I, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's really awesome. And um, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh like you're the first like non like currently Texas baller or involved in the, in the Texas scene. I mean, obviously you played for AC Dallas, so we can, we can technically check that, you know, box, uh, technically. Is, yeah. Best kind of correct. But, um, like the fact that you like for anybody who's listening, didn't know, like Christian reached out to me to be on the show. It, it wasn't like, I'm, I'm trying to put feelers out like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't have anybody. I got to schedule someone. But no, Christian reached out to me and I thought that was uh, really cool uh, to see like him trying to get his uh, name out. And I just wanted to get the opportunity to help tell his story. So uh, thank you for reaching out. Uh, it's uh, it's been a pleasure and just getting to learn so much, like not just about 
you as a person, as a paintball player, but like your background and all of these different lessons that we can learn. So uh, thank you for taking that opportunity for sure. Pleasure is mine. Really. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So uh, everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Christian. That's at Christian Woodmancy, all one word on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, what other guests would you like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. While you're at it, hit the subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on twitch.tv slash in the pits paintball podcast. Recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give a quick shout out to my partners and sponsors, FU Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, and Compete. And we will see you guys next week for episode 23. We will have Nathan Roberts of AC Diesel. Nathan Roberts is a great friend of mine. He actually used to be a teammate of mine on the uh, University of Texas Longhorns uh, NCPA team. So we will see you all next week for episode 23. Christian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.